Gina Della from Pella. Choose five years no interest and five months no first payment or 10-year 2.99 APR financing. Ends August 31st. Set your free consultation today at PellaWI.com slash radio or 855-PELLA-WI. Live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show, broadcasting live from day two of the Wisconsin State Fair. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking through the, the State Fair Entertainment. And by the way, I... I, I love a lot of stuff about the fair, but one of the things that I particularly enjoy is sort of wandering around and, and finding the different sides, the different bars and stuff that all have the little, um, they all have their little bandstands and they have predominantly like local bands that are playing and, and you never know who's good or bad. So you sit and you kind of listen to a song or two. Now, like for example, tonight on the main stage, it's Chris Young with Sarah Evans. People have heard of them. Um, at eight o'clock tonight, on the Bank 5-9 Amphitheater, which is the, the place just right um, next to where we are. They've got uh, Here Come the Mummies. I've heard about them. They put on just kind of a great show. There's a band playing the toys. People have heard about the toys. But then there's all these other bands. And I'm just looking at the brochure, and, and I admit that there's some places that I just want to check it out because I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. For example, 2.45 p.m. this afternoon in one of the places, there's, there's a band called Yard Dog Charlie. And I'm just curious as to what Yard Dog Charlie is all about. And then at 4 o'clock, at another place, there's a band called Drag Queen Bingo with Esther Flones. Now, I've got a couple friends that are coming out here. You know, we're going to walk around and get a beer or something right after the show. I am inclined to stick around to 4 o'clock just because I want to see what a band called Drag Queen Bingo with Esther Flones looks like and sounds like i'm just i'm just a little curious i will report back to you on monday if i end up sticking around and doing it all right a lot of stuff on the program today some serious stuff some lighter stuff as we move through the afternoon let us get started if you like your automobile remember remember back when we had obamacare and president obama stood and said okay if you like your doctor you're going to be able to keep your doctor. And that turned out to be the big lie of, what, 2009, because, you know, once Obamacare came into place, in a lot of situations, no, you, you, you couldn't keep your, your doctor. And if you liked your insurance, it, it just didn't work out that way. So we're, we're now getting something 10 or 11 years later from the Biden administration. And the argument is sort of, well, if you like your car, don't worry, you're going to be able to keep your car. Well, not really at least not in the big picture. See, here's the deal. The Biden administration has decided that we need to force people like you and me out of our cars and out of our SUVs. Now, how do you end up doing that? Well, you you can't just go ahead and say, okay, well, you, you can't drive a car anymore, or at least it's still a free country, at least as far as I checked. So here's what the Biden administration is doing. Through its rulemaking, they are adopting... The California emission standards, California, as the standards that will be applied all across the country. And the Biden administration is revising what they call the CAFE rules, the mileage rules from 2023 to 2026. So what's happening is the the average amount of miles per gallon that a car has to get is going to increase 10 percent from 2022 to 2023, and then 5% each year 
through 2026, meaning an average vehicle is going to have to get 52 miles a gallon. Well, there's no way with existing technology that that SUV that you like to drive is going to get 52 miles a gallon. It's just not going to be possible. They can do all the monkeying around with stuff that they want. They can put that, um, make it un- so that you can't disable that, that awful, um, you know, engine idle stop feature. They can do all these little things, but they're still not going to get to 56, 52 miles a gallon. So how do they get around this? Well, they get around it by essentially forcing automakers to make more electric cars. And the deal is going to be, the Biden administration says the goal is to have 50%, half of all the cars which are produced by 2030, so that's in the next like eight or nine years, half of all vehicles sold will be electric vehicles. Well, here's the problem with that, of course, because right now the technology doesn't exist to make electronic electric vehicles workable in all sorts of situations. For example, um, electric vehicles, batteries right now typically need to be recharged every two to 300 miles. Even with the fastest chargers, it can take at least 30 minutes to, to charge your battery. So it's one thing if you're only using your car to, I don't know, drive from where you live in Fox Point to State Fair, and then you're going to go back. But what about an idea of where, hey, I'm, I, I, I'm going to drive 250 or I'm going to drive 300 miles. And by the way, if it's really hot weather or it's really cold weather and you're running the heater and you're running the air conditioner heavy, that battery life is going to be even less. And I don't want to sit at a road stop and wait for 30 minutes while the battery recharges. In addition to that, right now, right now it costs about ten to twelve thousand dollars more on average to produce an electric vehicle than it does to produce a uh, like a, a typical internal combustion engine vehicle. So the bottom line is that um, companies, these car companies, they're they're losing money every time they sell an electric vehicle. And so what they have to do is they have to charge more for the regular cars in order to make up for the the money that they're losing when they sell electric vehicles. So one of the things the automakers are doing is they're looking to the Biden administration. They're looking at government for a handout. Come here and subsidize our electric vehicles because we we can't charge enough. The free market doesn't work because it costs too much to make these things. People won't pay the money that it costs to have them. So what we want you to do is we want you to subsidize the purchase of electric vehicles. Okay, our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I'm a free market guy. If you want to buy an electric car, I say go with God, and I know that there's some of you out there that drive your Priuses and drive your Teslas and absolutely love them and would never go back to a a standard automobile. I appreciate that. I respect that. I do not, however, think government should be using fuel standards and economic extortion to force people to get themselves into electric cars. And as a practical matter, right now, Right now, I think it is extremely unlikely that you're going to have the breakthroughs that are going to make electric vehicles really workable in the real world for a large number of people. Like I say, if you want to drive around town, that, that that's fine. 
But, you know, if you can only get two to 300 miles per charge, if it takes, even in the best circumstance, 30 minutes to charge your car, and on top of all that, we don't have enough charging stations right now across the country to, to do this, it's just not practical to force people into electric cars. Let the free market work, and maybe at some point in time what's going to happen is the cost of producing the electric cars, the technology is going to be there, you can make the batteries cheaper, you can increase the battery life, all those different types of things. And in a free market world, well, people will, more people will decide to buy the electric cars. But right now, that, that's not the case. What, about 3 4% of all the new cars sold every year are electric cars? That tells you people aren't interested in the technology yet, and I don't think the government should force you and by the way for those of you who love your electric cars like i say go with god i'm not saying you can't have them i'm just saying the government shouldn't be forcing the rest of us into electric vehicles 855-616-1620 that's the accident mortgage talk and text line and yet that is exactly what the biden administration is doing by jacking dramatically up these mileage standards which will make it impossible impossible for automakers to continue to produce those types of vehicles that we like in any sort of mass form. And if it is produced, the cost of that SUV that you're driving now is going to go absolutely through the roof. 855-616-1620. We discuss. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. The biggest stick in the state is your home for all things deep fried and on a stick. Join us here on Wisconsin's radio station as we broadcast live every day from the Wisconsin State Fair. And when you're not listening, come by and see your favorite hosts in our studio located across from the Expo Center on the south side of the grounds. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Schrader Solutions. It's the Wisconsin State Fair on News Radio WTMJ 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I have no problem. If you want to go out and buy an electric car, that's fine. You, you should do it. But what's happening now is the Biden administration has decided to try to force all of us into buying electric cars. They're jacking up the mileage standards to such levels that it's not going to be possible for automakers to comply with them unless maybe about half of the cars they're selling are electric cars. That's the only way that this is going to work. And the technology right now just doesn't exist for that. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Mike in Muskego. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, hello, Jeff. Uh, thank you hey, for Mike. taking my call. Hey, listen, sure. Jeff, one of the comments that I think needs to be made about this is how are we going to have the capacity with our electrical grid to be able to produce enough electrical power for, say, 50 million-plus vehicles that are going to have to be plugged in every day uh, that that car is in use. I don't think that I'm talking to some experts that are listening to some experts that I've talked to. They have said, we first of all, we don't have enough metal uh, that has to be mined to make the number of batteries to, right. to, to to build these cars, and second of all, we don't have the electrical uh, grid capacity yeah. to be able to handle that. So, I mean, maybe no. 40, 50 years from now we do, but right now in the next 10 years, I don't see it. Thanks for calling. No, you're absolutely right. Imagine this scenario. Okay, imagine if we all the different gasoline stations that you drive by, okay, those gasoline stations, all those pumps 
are gone. And now what we have is we have these electric charging stations in their place. Well, you're probably going to need three or four times as many as those because, I mean, it, it takes, right now it takes, even with the fastest chargers, it takes 30 minutes to recharge the battery on a car. And that only gives you two to 300 miles. So, okay, let, let's say you get that down to 15 minutes. Well, okay, instead of, you, you think about what it takes to fill up your car now. You pull in, you put the pump in, and what, a minute, two minutes later, it, it's full. Imagine it, a half hour. And imagine all these different cars. And to your point, you're absolutely right. Okay, where is the power going to come from? You know, it's like I think some people think that you you flick on that light switch and that electricity is magically there. Well, that's not how it works. The electricity has to come over the power lines. It has to be provided by somewhere. Where are we going to do this? And nobody has any of these sort of answers. This is this pie-in-the-sky sort of thing. But yet this is what the government is doing. They don't care what you want. They don't care what I want. They have just decided that we are big government and we are going to force this on you and by the way the effect of this is going to be first of all you're going to be paying a lot more for these electric vehicles which at least at this point like i say on average ten to twelve thousand dollars more for a similarly sized vehicle now at some point in time in the future okay maybe the batteries are going to get cheaper maybe some of these problems are going to work be worked out but it's not today it's not tomorrow and certainly not in the next few years paul in illinois paul you're on wtmj good afternoon yeah, hi, Jeff. I totally agree with you and a prior caller. I, hello, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Yeah, yeah you're I on totally the air. Go ahead. And, yeah, I totally agree with you and a prior caller because where is the electricity going to come from? I mean, if they're using California as a standard, isn't California the state where they have rolling blackouts and mandated blackouts when they have high heat or high winds or four fires? I mean, is that what they want for the rest of the country? I'm we, well, we're, shutting well, well, right. we're shutting down fossil fuel yeah, plants, nuclear power plants saying, well, it's not profitable, at least here in Illinois. So where's all the electricity? And if the global warming is uh, making the things, you know, more hot, we're going to need that for air conditioning to live. Well, I, I, I agree with, Paul, I agree with everything. Thanks for the call. I mean, I agree with everything that, that you just said in this regard. And I'm getting a number of texts that are making this, this you know, point. Um, where, what, what are we going to do? Where, where is the power going to come from? Where are the batteries going to come from? Where is the technology going to be? And are people really willing to live with this? Now, look, I understand as they get more and more development that, that hopefully the amount of time it takes to charge the batteries will go down. Hopefully the replacement cost on the batteries, because like I say, right now, electric car, ten to $12,000 more on average than a regular vehicle. And hopefully, and if you ever have to replace a battery, well, I mean, you know, you're, you're looking probably again at another five-figure sort of investment. So hopefully the technology will improve and the costs will come down but look here's the thing right now oil is plentiful i mean i can remember years ago the thing was okay well we're going to run out of fossil fuels there's not going to be enough oil etc well that's not the case oil is plentiful and it is relatively cheap which means that there's no that from an economic standpoint 
It's not even close. The internal combustion engine vehicles are always going to be cheaper to produce. Now, at some point in time, oil may, in fact, become scarce. And, you know, as people look at it and say, okay, well, well, here's the deal. I'm willing to live with the limitations of the electric cars. And because it's just, they're just so much cheaper to run. And, you know, once I, you know, once I, I have one, I don't have to worry about paying $25 to fill it up at the gas pump. I, I only have to, you know, use the electrical charge, and that's going to presumably be less money. So at some point in time, it, it might balance out. But government shouldn't be picking winners and losers, and yet that is precisely what Biden is doing. Now, you might say to me, well, Jeff, I, I read some of the stories you're looking at, and, and, and the automakers all seem to be on board. Well, well, here's the deal. The automakers during the Trump administration were fighting these increase in mileage standards. Now that Biden is in, the automakers have their hands out, and they are hoping, planning, anticipating that Joe Biden will take our money and he will give them huge subsidies using taxpayer dollars to, number one, pay for the difference in the cost for uh, for people to buy the electric vehicles. And number two, he will subsidize the production of the electric vehicles. So the automakers are saying, hey, you know, we, we've got, you know, Biden, we're, we're hoping he's just going to give us all this dough. And so, yeah, we'll we'll say, yeah, we'll go go ahead and agree with this. Uh, by the way, President Biden, you know, we lose ten to fifteen thousand dollars every one of these vehicles. So we want you to give us the taxpayer money to make up that difference. And why don't you throw an extra like five thousand dollars a vehicle in on top of that so you know we can do some more study and figure out how to get the batteries longer i'm sorry th- this is this is government forcing this down our throats if the free market and people want to go out and buy electric vehicles, like I say, I have no problem with that at all. And I understand from some of you who own electric vehicles that you love them and you would never go back. And that's great. I'm just saying the government shouldn't force me out of my SUV or shouldn't force you out of your car with the internal combustion engine. It should be your choice that you make, not one that is forced on you by government regulations and rules. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. The Wisconsin State Fair is here, and WTMJ is your best chance to win tickets. Throughout the run of the fair, we'll be giving away State Fair tickets and Gruber swag. It's the Gruber Law Office's State Fair giveaways on Wisconsin's radio station. We're not doing it now, but sometime between now and 3, we'll give you a chance to win a swag bag and a couple tickets to the Wisconsin State Fair. All right, now, on yesterday's program, I told you about this this thing that's buried in the 2,700-page infrastructure bill that's gotten little or no attention. There is a provision which will require all automobiles to be manufactured that are manufactured, all new cars that are made in the next couple years. There's not an implementation deadline yet, but all of them will have to have ignition interlocks that requires you to prove that you are not intoxicated before you can start your car. Now, you might say to me, well, Jeff, I mean, surely, you know, don't, what, what's wrong with, with that? I mean, don't you realize that drunk driving is a scourge and we've got to stop people from driving drunk? To which I say, absolutely, I'm death on drunk driving. But, but here, here's the deal. Right now, if you get nailed, for example, for drunk driving, typically one of the conditions that a judge will put on is that you have to you know, blow into a tube to prove that you don't have any alcohol in your system before the car will start. Those systems are, are notoriously erratic. 
and anybody who's ever had one can tell you that. But but regardless, that's something that's imposed on you after you've been convicted for drunk driving. These regulations would say this would be standard on every car, every new car which is sold. Now, it might be a different kind of technology than having to blow into something. Then they're still working on that. We don't have the technology. And my point was, well, you should really develop the technology before you put in any sort of mandate. But imagine th- th- this issue. And actually, a couple days ago when I was discussing this, one of my friends said, well, Jeff, you know what, what, what's wrong with that? We've got to stop people from driving drunk. Well, okay, the reality is, out of a thousand people that might have started their car this morning. My guess is maybe two would have been drunk, probably none. But but so what we're going to do is we're going to impose this requirement on everybody because point zero 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 one percent of the population might drive drunk at some point in time. And on top of that, imagine the practical issue. Let's say well, I had a text yesterday from somebody who said he's a salesman. He's in and out of his car 40 times in a given day. Every time you stop and start your car, you would have to prove to your car that you are not intoxicated. Imagine it's a Saturday morning and you are running errands. So, all right, first you go to the grocery store. All right. Then you come out from the grocery store. You have to blow into whatever you have to blow into to start the car. Then you drive across to the hardware store. You have to go into the hardware store. When you come out, you've got to blow into this thing again. I mean, you could see repeating this over and over and over again. Again, so we're targeting something at that zero 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 one percent of the population that might drive drunk. You're putting this requirement in on everybody, which to me is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so here's the... The, the latest example of that, and this is, again, a scenario where you have, um, this is a scenario where, again, it's, it's big, brother at, big Brother at work. Apple has announced that it is going to put in a new tool on your iPhone. If you have an Apple iPhone and you download stuff to the cloud, you know, which is what many people end up doing. So this this requirement, what's going to happen is, if you put stuff up in the cloud, Apple is now going to look at the things, the pictures that you have uploaded to the cloud. And if any of those images match images that there are in their giant database, and they feel it constitutes child pornography, then what they're going to do is they're going to examine it, and then they're going to report you to the authorities. No warrant, no nothing. Now, this raises all sorts of questions. Like, for example, if you are at the beach with your 12-year-old granddaughter and a couple of her friends, and you take a couple pictures of them you know, running through the water, and you upload that, well, then the question is, hey, is, is this, might this technology recognize this and treat this as child pornography and you get reported? If you take that, that, that picture of your, your child, you know, in the bathtub, that, that sort of thing that they do with babies, might this get reported? Now, Apple says, well, we don't, we don't think that's going to happen because it's only going to match, um, images that are in this, like, child, uh, pornography database. And so we don't think it's going to match up. But of course, security experts say, well, it's, you, you, they can't be positive of that. But in an effort to try to fight child pornography, something that I think we all you know, agree is, is awful and people need to be prosecuted, what Apple is going to do is they are going to be reviewing anything that you upload to the cloud to determine whether or not the metrics match. And if they do, 
you're going to get reported to authorities. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this going too far? And, and I mean, I ask this because, again, no, nobody's in favor of child pornography. And if you've got perverts that are out there that are, you know, trafficking in, in kiddie porn, obviously you want them identified and prosecuted. But is that a justification for just examining and, you know, looking at all the images that you upload, any photo that you might take, to have it determined by Apple's metrics as to whether it qualifies as kiddie porn or not? 855-616-1620. We discuss next. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here, here's one of the scary things. One of the stories I'm looking at quotes this uh, a top cryptography researcher at Johns Hopkins, named Matthew Green. He said, look, here, here's the problem. If Apple starts to do this, that this system could be used to frame innocent people because all someone would have to do is send you a seemingly innocuous image, but it could be designed to trigger matches for child pornography. He says this could fool Apple's algorithm and alert law enforcement. He says research has been able to do this pretty easily, that is, trick systems. So in other words, if you have somebody out there that wants to extort something or whatever, they send you this innocuous picture, it triggers the Apple algorithm. Next thing you know, you've got the cops investigating you for child pornography. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mike and Franklin. Mike, you're first. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Um, thanks for taking my call. I guess I guess sure. I remember an incident a couple of years ago dealing with terrorism where Apple refused to open up a computer because it was an invasion of privacy. And I, I, that may not be exactly right, but App, Apple was trying to open up or would, would not help the FBI open up a computer yes. because they considered it an invasion of privacy. So what's the yes. difference? I mean, I'm not worried about it. I think I think if you're going to do one thing, you do them all, or you don't do. You know, I I don't know. I, it just kind of makes me scratch no, my head. No, Mike, no, Mike. That you, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And you that's remember it because the FBI. That's been one of the ongoing battles. You have FBI or you had NSA. And they'd, they'd want to get into phones of suspected terrorists. And they'd say, hey, help us open this up because we're trying to thwart terrorist plots. We want to see what the interaction has been. And Apple said, no, we're, we're not going to work with you. We don't have the technology. We're not going to try to develop it. But now right, you're, you're doing this. Any photo that somebody puts up into a cloud, they're going to try to determine whether it's kiddie pornography or not. And I don't know about you. And I look, I, this, this isn't a, a pro-perverts. I mean, go process execute them but i guess the question is do you trust apple to make that decision that they're going to be able to differentiate between kitty pornography and uh, again that that picture that you took of your granddaughter you know at, at the beach and i'm not sure right. i trust them yeah so, i don't think but i thanks do for either call- but uh, who knows mm-hmm yeah, no, thanks for calling. No, you're, you're exactly right. And Apple, for the longest time, was fighting the government on, on refusing to open up uh, phones belonging to suspected terrorists. But now now we're going to review all this stuff to determine if something is inappropriate or not. And again, look, I this to me, it, it kind of fits in with the ignition interlock conversation, because my guess is that of all the different photos from different users that get uploaded into the cloud and the pictures, you know, maybe point zero 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 one percent 
you know, constitute kiddie pornography? That would be my guess. The vast majority of people that use this, it, it's not going to be, you know, an issue. It's not going to trigger stuff. But yet everybody is going to have their things reviewed because, well, of that point zero 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 one percent. I mean, whatever happened to law enforcement trying to do the investigations, getting its warrants, getting the stuff, isn't that the way you, you go about it? Instead of Apple deciding that we are going to act as an arm of law enforcement and decide what we think is appropriate and what isn't. Jim in Sussex. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, I think you're off base on this, and I speak of this from knowledge investigating these cases. No one is looking at your photos. This is done by an algorithm. It's simply scanning for a known image of child pornography. So no one's yeah, and then when that imp, when it when it when the algorithm matches, then they look at your photo. Then they send it to law enforcement to investigate, and you just touched on that no, law no, enforcement well, getting a war- no, no, you're, no, you're no, no, no. What happens is I, I'm looking at what, what the way the process is going to work, Jim, is when the, the algorithm comes up that there might be a photo that constitutes kitty porn, a person at Apple will look at it and then will decide whether to send it on to law enforcement. I mean, that's how it's going to work. They send it, they send it on to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and it triggers an investigation. You're making yeah. this sound like a privacy issue. This is an issue investigating child pornography. And it's a good thing that Apple's doing, and it's something that Google and Facebook already do. I disagree. I mean, it is a privacy issue. They're going to be looking at your photos. You are mistaken on this. Well, okay, well, Jim, that, that's that, that, that's that, that's wonderful, and I understand. Thanks to call, Jim. I understand that you don't mind that in the the, the idea of the greater good. You feel that it is appropriate to have, in this case, Apple that is going to be examining any time a photo is uploaded onto the cloud that fits into these algorithms, it will then be looked at and somebody will then make the determination, we think this is appropriate, we think it's inappropriate, and we will send it over to law enforcement for their investigation. Now, maybe you don't have an issue with privacy of that, and as we've already discussed, there's a lot of experts that say it's really easy to trick these different algorithms, and it, it's, uh, I mean, researchers are able to do that now. So the idea that they're not looking at your photos. Well, that's that's just flat out not true. They're going to be examining the algorithm of the photos, and if it sets off different images, fine. Now, Apple says, well, don't worry about it because, you know, we're going to do this match, and just because it's a picture of your kid in, in the bathtub, you know, one of those tips, typical photos that parents might take you know you don't have to worry about that it's going to be you know it's going to be okay that's not going to trigger anything we'll see i don't think there's anybody that necessarily believes that that is in fact going to be the case bottom line of all this is i if this is in fact done and if you end up having a bunch of completely innocent people that suddenly find themselves on the hook being investigated by, hey, why did you download this photo or upload this photo or or what really is this photo? I mean, look for, I, I think, a major, I don't know, a major shift as people move away from using the Apple phones. Now, the way you can avoid this is you can just not upload stuff to the cloud. So if you don't put, this is only going to be, in fairness, stuff that's uploaded to the cloud and saved in that fashion. 
I wonder how many real cases of child pornography is this going to uncover? Because, you know, how, first of all, of all the different Apple users, how many people are doing anything that's going to match this? And you would have to think that it's a very, very small percentage. On top of that, then, you know, um, how many people are actually uploading that stuff to the cloud that you're going to find it? So my guess is it's going to be an exercise in futility, and you're not going to come up with that many hits. Nevertheless, I mean, here's Apple. It is Big Brother that's watching you. Now, of course, you have the the option. Nobody says that you have to buy the Apple phone. Nobody says that you have to upload the stuff onto the cloud. But as more and more people become aware that this is going on, I I think more and more people are going to be tuned in to saying, hey, maybe we don't want Apple checking our algorithms and then making a decision as to whether they're going to look at the photos or not. And that's not being pro-kitty porn at, at all. The question is, you know, should Apple be doing these investigations and acting part and parcel as part of the government reporting you if they feel that there might be something inappropriate? Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. And this is Jeff Wagner. So glad to have you with us. We're broadcasting live from the 2021 State Fair. So Melissa Barkley, I've learned a couple things. See, and, and this is this is courtesy of our listeners. I every day I sit here with the with the State Fair brochure, uh-huh. and one of the things that I I'm very intrigued by is you, you have all the the small. A lot of them are local bands and stuff that are playing at the different stages, and it's, I'm always intrigued by by the names of, of the different things. And for example, there, there's a, a a band called Yard Dog Charlie, which is playing at 2:45, and it's, I'm kind of curious. I'd be curious to see what the Yard Dog Charlie is. And and so, as a matter of fact, a half dozen people say we saw them in Florida and stuff. It's really entertaining. They're good. So I think you know maybe when I get off the air, I might wander down there. Then I also said I was intrigued by this drag queen bingo with Esther Flones. Oh yeah, thinking, I did see that. Okay, and I'm thinking, oh, that's an interesting name for a band. Well, as it turns out, it's not a band. Oh. It's a drag queen <laughs> doing bingo. Who does bingo? It, it's 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 kind of like you know a cigar is just a cigar. It it's you know. There was it's, one. It's funny you mentioned the bands. There was one on here that I thought of you. Do you like this? Is it the Suzettes, or what is it? I, there was one on here. I was like, I think I you know like that. A couple of years ago, we did this too. We did the same thing. We went through the band names that seemed very bizarre. I, but it, but it's so it's so it's, I mean, so people, a couple of people are kind of sheepishly saying, Jeff, you know, we're, we're not positive, but I don't think Drag Queen Bean, which I thought was the name of a of a band. Sure, no, it, sure. It is. It this is the way it's billed. So don't send me the email. It's it's billed as there's there's somebody who calls mm-hmm. himself herself Esther Flones and does Drag Queen does it's bingo with asked, a drag queen. I think if you ask Debbie Lazga, I know she likes uh, to watch this. Or to do drag queen bingo, okay. pretty pretty sure. So. Well, it, it's not a band. So yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 not it's it's not a band. So okay, so I can, uh, I so now I can kind of cross that off my list because I don't have enough time to to sit for a whole bingo session. But I, I think I might check out the the, the yard dog Charlie and so stuff like that. Yeah, couple a couple on here. The dirty deuce that doesn't sound, <laughs> sound too great. Or dirty boogie. There's that. Uh, yeah, there's some of them yeah, that are I, quite interesting. We'll, we'll look through that on a, on a daily, but it's it's kind of funny that you're 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 looking at that and stuff. And I I, I do like the local bands. Trying I do to too. Yeah. Do. Now, I, now I say this one thing from the perspective of somebody who has no musical talent. So I, I mean, I understand that. I, I always respect people who who have musical talent, and I certainly respect people who are willing to go up on stage and stuff and and play. Mm-hmm. That that's a that's a tough gig. I was walking around earlier today, and one of the bands, it takes a lot for me to say, ooh, they're not very good. There was one band that was just awful. You know? Oh, and, that's and too I, bad. And I felt bad. After they finished their song, I just kind of stood. I mean, it was just, it was it was off-key. And, I mean, if, for me to notice that oh. it's off-key, it's really tough. And then, like, nobody applauded. The guy said, well, that was a great song. And I'm thinking, well, 
have been a great song, but you didn't play it very well, but I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Back with more from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, you know, we're talking about bands playing at the State Fair. Now, next Tuesday and Wednesday, when, when you get finished with, you and John get finished with Wisconsin's Afternoon News, um, you, you're already going to see huge crowds because next Tuesday and Wednesday at the 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 five the Bank 5-9 the Amphitheater, oh, yeah, which yeah. is ju- mm-hmm. just immediately to the north of where we're sitting here. It's a free stage. They have Hermit's Hermit's star, and Peter Noon, who is the lead singer for Herman's Hermit's, they, they bring these guys here every year. It is absolutely packed. <laughs> now, now, I, now, I understand Herman's Hermit's were big yeah. probably 20 years before you were born, but you've, you've heard of them, I right? have heard of them, but yes. Mrs. Brown, you have a lovely daughter, and there's a kind of hush all over the world. Mm-hmm. It packs the stage. <laughs> there, there are people who come down and set up to hear Herman's Hermit's. They set up at like 2 o'clock. No, is this one of the sure. bands that you enjoy? Well, it's. I mean, I'm not here at eight o'clock most That's times, true, yeah. and and but oh, I mean, I I would I would and I, would I sit and wait from two o'clock on? Probably not. But but it's it's great entertainment. People love them, and you know it's. So that, that's one of the cool things about this. You know, you can come and you can kind of, like, relive your misbegotten childhood and stuff. But Herman's Hermits, they're big. Actually, at the Bank 5-9 Amphitheater tonight and tomorrow, they've got Here Come the Mummies. Have you heard of them? No. It, it's a, they're, the, the band all dresses up like mummies. Oh, cool. And it is. It's they, They've got a real kind of cult fo- following and stuff. That so, sounds pretty entertaining. And, and it's all free. See, that's the great thing about the State Fair. With the... Um, exception of the, the the main stage, where actually the prices are, are very reasonable, in my opinion. Uh, everything is free. All the entertainment is free and stuff. And so it's, it's I was, great value. I'm like flipping through the, the little pamphlet that we get at the State Fair, and Foreigner is coming. I love Foreigner. They're coming on the same night that Herman Hermits, Herman's Hermits. That's on Tuesday. Foreigner with Asia. Now, that's music I really like. Foreigner with Asia featuring John Payne. Yep, absolutely. That would be a great show. 7.30 p.m., State Fair main stage. And you're right, tickets, 40 to forty-five, $45, $50. See, and so that that's great. You can catch all. I'm just kind of looking through quick. Mm-hmm. You've got, you could come out here right away. My yard dog, Charlie, is playing, you know, at, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 p.m., uh, Buffett and Beaches. Oh, my that's guess your... Is that's right, <laughs> right. My guess is that's right up my alley. And then, you know, you can go, you know, catch the free show, Herman's Hermits at 8, and then go in a little bit late to, to Foreigner, Foreigner mm-hmm. and you're all set. That's exactly. a great night of entertainment. And you could check out the pig races and the sea lions <laughs> and all that other stuff. Come on out to the Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair. It doesn't get much better than that. All right. I want to revisit something we discussed during the 12 o'clock hour of yesterday's program. And there's no need to text me. Yes, I, I, I know we, we talked about this yesterday. But um, it, it's one of these things. It's generated a, a huge, huge response as far as texts and also as far as emails with and all sorts of people with very, very thoughtful positions. During Melissa's news, she brought you the news that um, Northwestern Mutual, one of the three, four, five largest employers in the area, Northwestern Mutual has announced that um, all employees who work on their campuses, if you're working in the office, in other words, you have just a couple weeks to get yourself vaccinated or else you're going to have to, you're not going to be allowed on campus. Now, this is different than some requirements because they're not saying you lose your job. They're just saying you you have to work remotely. You're not going to be allowed to come in. So that's, that's different 
than what some businesses are doing. As we discussed yesterday, there's a number of area businesses and, and following like national trends who are requiring all employees to be vaccinated. And the deadlines are a little different. Some employees say it has to be, some places are saying it has to be my mid-October, some by November 1st. But regardless, you have a number of major companies. United Airlines announced yesterday that all their employees are going to have to be vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated by whatever their drop-dead date is, you are going to be fired. All California Californians announced that all healthcare workers must be vaccinated by the end of September. If you are not vaccinated, you are going to be fired. And, you know, the list goes on. Around here, we have, you know, many um, of, of our health care providers who are, Ascension's doing it, I think Freighter's doing that. And again, the deadlines might be a little bit different, but they're saying if you are not vaccinated, you, you are fired. None of this, you know, you've got to submit to extra testing, none of it that you have to wear a mask and other people don't. It's going to be you are, you are fired. And I told the story yesterday about a friend of mine who, um, has had COVID. She's got some underlying health issues, but none of which would probably qualify to have her doctor say, well, it would be dangerous for you to have the vaccine. But she, she works in the healthcare field and she's really wrestling with this. And again, she's not one of these you know, militant anti-vaxxers who, who thinks that there's computer chips that are being inserted in the, the formula. She just has legitimate health questions. And her employer has told her, well, okay, if you don't get vaccinated, you're, you're going to, you're, we're going to consider that to be a violation of workplace rules and you're going to be let go by a certain date and she's really wrestling with this this whole thing you know and we've, we've kind of talked about different ramifications but here's here's what we talked about yesterday and and what so many people have responded to which is why i want to revisit it the the, the question i have is do you believe that employers will follow through on this and and, and the reason i ask this is during our, our newscast, we were talking about Spirit Airlines and the fact that you know, Spirit Airlines, it's been a nightmare for the last week, canceling flights right and left. And one of the reasons they're doing it, it's not just weather across parts of the country, it's they don't have enough people. They don't have enough pilots. They don't have enough flight attendants. They don't have enough people that you know work at the different stations. They don't have enough ground crew. They do not have enough people right now to keep their schedules up. So United Airlines just announced that I think by the end of October, all 67,000 of their employees have to be vaccinated or they will be fired. And I, I find myself wondering, okay, if they don't have enough employees now, and I understand Spirit is different than United, but but all all these different airlines are running into to per, people shortages. You talk to any employer around here, they're going to tell you the big biggest problem they have is they can't find people that'll work. So let us assume, for the sake of argument, that I don't know five to ten percent of a given workforce isn't vaccinated and makes a decision for whatever reason not to get vaccinated. So the question to me is. Are employers really going to follow through on this? Are employers really going to say, okay, we don't have enough people right now to operate our business. So we're going to dismiss 10% of the employees that we have, not knowing if we're going to be able to replace them or not. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're talking about a hospital system or or let's say a nursing home, for example, that's part of a hospital system, nursing homes can't find people now to work in them in them. And my guess is 
Um, if you if you looked at the breakdown, my guess is those are some of the places that that might have again that five to ten percent people who are unvaccinated and people who make the decision you know that, that they're not going to get vaccinated. Now I understand by threatening somebody's job, it's 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 kind of like the stick that forces the maybe ambivalent to go ahead and get vaccinated. So I don't have a problem with that. But I'm wondering in the real world, do you think employers? can afford to simply say we're going to get rid of 10 to 15 percent or 5 percent or whatever that number is of our workforce knowing that it is almost impossible to replace them all right are our employers going to follow through on this and mass now i understand for example there was a story the other day cnn fired three um three of their producers or three of their the, the people that work for cnn because they weren't vaccinated so it's easy to do on a kind of isolated sort of basis but if october 15th or november first hits and you have for example a healthcare system that really has 10 percent of its employees who are unvaccinated are they going to let them all go is united airlines going to get rid of 10 percent of their employees if those people aren't vaccinated 855-616-1620 that's the acunet mortgage talk and text line i don't know the answer to the question and obviously if you need the job at the particular place not getting vaccinated that, that's a dangerous game of chicken to play is it practical, though? What do you think will happen? 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, we discuss. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. See, there's a lot of things that are going on together. Employers want people to get vaccinated. And I, while I'm somebody who's pro-vaccination, I'm also anti-vaccine mandates, but at the same time, you know, I understand. I think employers have a legal right to do it, given the fact that you have employers who can't find people to do the jobs now. You know, will we really anticipate that a vaccine mandate is going to get enforced? And let's say, hopefully, let's say the vaccine numbers have gone up dramatically over the course of the next 30 to 60 days. At that point in time, all right, if COVID isn't as much of a problem then as it is now, do you think that the employers might rethink their position, or are we locked in? Lamar in Orlando. Lamar, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, just wanted sure. to make a, a, a clarify a point. Um, I know work for the airline. I work for one of the airlines, uh, not the one in question, but not Spirit Airlines, but I do work for United. Um, and um, during the fall, that's the, the easiest time for them to hire because the summer flying season is the craziest. Um, and so it's hard to make those moves during the summer, but the fall when the demand drops, it's a lot easier to make those moves. But the spirit issue is not a staffing is not just a staffing issue. The biggest issue with the spirit situation is the computer program that moves the pilots and the flight attendants all around to get them in position to do the trips. It's a computer glitch. Delta had this problem a few years ago. Um, they ran into the same. It's a it's a nightmare situation that they're trying to fix. That's their biggest problem, not necessarily staffing. And I will say that the airlines in particular don't have the hiring issues that the other companies do because, one, they do tend to pay well, and, and everyone wants those coveted flight benefits, so they, have, they won't have that problem with hiring. But I think that they should, not just the airlines, I think that the employers should do this moving forward because, and I've said this many times, you know, calling in previous calls, I'm ready to move past this pandemic. And if we don't want the government telling us to do it, giving us a nudge, I think that private employers that lost billions during the shutdowns uh, you know, and they lose money because of the, the loss of productivity when people do get sick. I think it's time to move forward. They got to do something. So I'm all for this. 
What do you think the effect? Okay, so right now, um, United has 67,000 employees. Those are the numbers that I'm looking mm-hmm. at. Um, I, I think that they're saying right now that they think, and it's tough to tell, but they're, they're estimating like somewhere between 65 to 70 percent of the workforce is vaccinated. That that could vary one way or the other. Do you do you think this is going to compel a lot more of the United employees to get vaccinated? Absolutely, especially the in-flight employees, because again, these are these positions are highly sought after. I mean, they're they're very popular. They're very highly sought. The demand for these jobs is high, and so. In this particular industry, and I can't speak for all the other ones, if they right. don't want the job, literally, and they tell you this when you get hired, there are literally there were literally ten to fifty thousand people that apply for that same job that didn't get it that wanted. So they won't have that problem come you know come filling those positions. And to be clear, I don't want anyone to lose their job. I do not, but I do want to move past. No, I understand. It's, I'm, I'm how about it. how about how about like the the people that work in in the like the baggage handlers and not necessarily mm-hmm. in flight people, but the people that work at the counters and stuff like that? You think those jobs are so desirable that United would have no trouble filling them if they if they lost five percent of the workforce? At, absolutely. the The airlines have a those 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 the flight benefits that airline employees have are very highly coveted. You know those free flights. And so people want those jobs. If for nothing else, that's one of the major reasons that it's a draw to work for the airlines. Mm-hmm. They will not have any problems hiring people. That's why you know. How about the, the quarter, quarter, sure. the How about a, what do you think about hiring. nursing homes? I mean, how about how about like nursing homes where the job where they they are struggling right now to find employees, where the jobs tend to be lower paying and they tend to be. You know, difficult sort of jobs, less desirable for a variety of reasons. You think those places might have trouble replacing 10% of the workforce? It's funny you say that because those are the places I think that should be first in line saying you, you need, you know, have mandatory vaccines because they yeah. got eviscerated during you know, the, the height of this thing. Yeah. But they will. I, I will admit they will have some of these other employees will have, you know, a hard time hiring, which is why I believe a lot of them aren't, you know, coming out in front saying, hey, they're mandatory, but you got the big employers that do pay well and that are desired saying hey we're going to make it mandatory because they don't have tra- problem time but yeah the smaller people would the, some of these employers especially the low paying ones will have a hard time finding people lamar thanks for the call I, I appreciate the perspective it's going to be interesting i mean here's a text jeff i don't think the healthcare industry will follow through with enforcing vaccine mandates they are already short-staffed i expect the fall back position will be have all the unvaccinated healthcare workers um, treat all unvaccinated hospital patients. So I don't know how practical, you know, that that ends up uh, ends up being. But I mean, it, it is it is an issue, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm certainly not advising people, you know, to play chicken with their employer. I, I'm a pro vaccine guy, but I, I do kind of sit and think, like looking ahead. All right, let's say you're you're in a, a healthcare situation. You're 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 struggling to find qualified nurses. And I, I told this story yesterday. I know two people who are are nurses, experienced nurses, and for a variety of reasons, they are they are unvaccinated right now, and they are reluctant to get the vaccine. And these aren't crazy anti-vaccine people. They've got some what I consider to be legitimate reasons. Now, I'm not saying they'd be my reason, but. But they're now seriously considering, like, leaving their employer. Now, they actually believe that they're going to, if they would leave their employer, they would have, because what they do is in high demand, that they would be able to find some health care system that wouldn't require the vaccination and that they'd be able to go, you know, work somewhere else. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. And again, it's, if you need your job, it's a very difficult game of chicken to play. But I, I think... 
Right now, obviously, the employers are trying to use this as you always hear the phrase, the carrot and the stick. Well, this is the, this is the stick to try to require people to get vaccinated, vaccinated. And, and that, that's, that's fine as far as it goes. I, I think it is going to be interesting to see come November 1st or October 15th or what the deadline is. You know, are we really going to see mass firings for people who have made the decision, um, instead? Julie in Kenosha. Julie, you're on WTMJ. Yes. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to say that I agree with you. Um, I work as a contractor for nursing homes. And what's going to happen is this. Um, They want to do mandatory vaccinations. They really want to do that. But the CNAs and so forth, um, they're not going to be able to mandate if they're going to lose too much employees. So what they're trying to do now is they're going to try to test them ad nauseum. They're going to try to test them every day so they just get fed up, and then they decide hopefully to get vaccinated because they're sick of all the testing. But I don't think they're going to be able to man. Yeah, make it annoying. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. No, th- thanks to Cole, Julie. I-, I appreciate it. Like I say, w- one of my friends who I'm thinking about, you know, works in-, in the healthcare industry. She's not vaccinated. And again, she's not this crazy anti-vax person. She has, she has what I, certainly in her mind, she considers to be legitimate reasons for this. And, and so she's really wrestling with this, right? The way it is now, she's tested like two or three times a week with the swabs up the nose. And, and she's, she's willing to continue to have that done. I mean, so, I mean, she, she appreciates this issue. But she's really wrestling with the vaccine. And I, I guess I'm just I'm kind of wondering. It's one thing to okay, just try to just annoy people into doing it because you, you make it the alternative. So, you know, so unpleasant here every three every other day you've got to be tested or whatever it is. That's fine. I just again, I'm, I'm wondering if you suddenly engage in mass firings, if it turns out to be mass firings and it's five to 10 percent of the workforce, especially in some of these industries. Now, caller Lamar said airline industry is going to have no trouble hiring people. I guess, I guess we'll see. But you do know, for example, working in nursing homes and things like that, they're struggling right now to get bodies. Can you really fire 10 percent? Time will tell. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us broadcasting live from the 2021 Wisconsin State Fair. All right. um, Over the past, well, like week plus, there's been something going on that under normal circumstances would attract a lot of attention. This year, not as much. The Tokyo Olympics. These are the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, which were, of course, um, delayed due to the pandemic. So they've run the games in 2021, but they've been a games, an Olympic Games unlike any other. First of all, international travel is not allowed. So the, typically, like the organizers expect that people from all over the world are going to come and, and watch the games. That did not happen. You cannot get into Japan um, unless you're a media member of the media or an athlete. So Japan is locked down. Then what they did in Japan is 
at least initially, they were going to allow people from Japan to go in and, and watch the games. Well, then they decided that COVID is so out of control in Japan, which is a whole other interesting story, that, that they, they can't allow that to happen. So the Olympic Games have been conducted, for the most part, in, in, in completely and totally empty venues with, in some cases, some, some piped-in crowd noise. In addition, because there's no tourism coming, it's been an economic bloodbath for a lot of sponsors. I mean, one of the reasons, just like Milwaukee wanted to have the Democratic National Convention last year, it's because it, it brings people in. You have people coming from all over the country. You've got international media that are coming in. People are going to the bars, the hotels, all those sorts of things. And once the DNC essentially goes virtual, well, it just it pulls the rug out from all the, under that economic plan. Same things happened in, in Tokyo. No, no tourism, no people coming means that, okay, the hotels, the bars, there, there's nothing for them to do. All these companies that spent millions and millions of dollars securing the rights to put up, I don't know, like freestanding things outside of the venue, so interactive experiences or whatever, well, okay, they, they don't need them there because there's nobody going in and out of the venue. It, it's sort of like a ghost town other than the stuff that is made for TV. So um, Un- NBC Universal. Uh, paid more than $1 billion to run 7,000 hours of game coverage across two broadcast networks, six cable channels, and their um, streaming platform um, of, of Peacock. Um, the ratings have been a disappointment. They've averaged 16.8 million viewers a night through Tuesday. That's a drop from 29 million who tuned in through the same time in the Rio de Janeiro Olympics in 2016. So the ratings are are down dramatically. The opening night ceremonies were as low as they've, I, I think, been like essentially forever. Now, in fairness, if you look at TV coverage, things there, there's more channels. Everything's divided. You know, 30, 40 years ago, you only had three major networks and then PBS, so there weren't as many options. So now stuff is more diluted. But even by that standard, and even if you factor in streaming and all those things, the, um, the Olympics are, well, the phrase the Wall Street Journal uses is they are kind of limping to a finish. Now, I have to confess I don't believe that I have I don't believe that I've watched probably more than 30 minutes of Olympic coverage the entire time. I, I just part of it is because of the time delay. And, and I bring this up because somebody texted in, you know, what you know, what happened to spoiler alerts? Because I, I mean, I remember years and years ago when the Olympics were done and there was the time delay. And so the event occurred in the morning, for example, and it wasn't going to be shown on TV at night. We went to great lengths to say, OK, we've got Olympic spoilers and things like that. I don't think there's anybody that does that anymore. And the reason for it, agree or disagree, is because we live in a 24-7 world now. And the fact is that, you know, people, you know, with the Internet and all, as soon as something happens, it doesn't matter whether it might be shown on replay, you know, eight or nine hours from now. If Simone, Simone Biles gets, gets the bronze for the balance beam, you know, People get told that right away. That's just the nature. So spoiler alerts really are kind of a thing of the past. But there is a 12- or 13-hour time difference, and so generally most people know how these things turned out now so you're not watching them in real time that hurts the fact that that certainly I think hurts attendance and hurts you know viewership. Secondly, 
this is kind of like it's an odd Olympics just because of COVID and things like that. Third, I, I think in many respects, some of the U.S. performers have underperformed in a way, so that's kind of hurt it. But our, our number, I want to open up the phone lines, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There were some people who thought maybe the numbers would turn around as the games got going, and that, that's not the case. I mean, this from a ratings perspective, the, the, the Olympic Games are a bust. Now, that's not saying that they're, they should have not been held or whatever, but people aren't watching the Olympic Games as a general rule. Now, maybe you do. You know, maybe, you know, you've been spending seven or eight hours a night watching the Olympics, and, and that's all well and good. But for everyone, every person that's doing that, there's lots and lots of other people for whom eh, they, they don't care. 16.8 million on average. That, that's a lot of people, but at the same time, it's nothing compared to, you know, where the ratings have been in the past. So why aren't people watching? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. The biggest stick in the state is your home for all things deep fried and on a stick. Join us here on Wisconsin's radio station as we broadcast live every day from the Wisconsin State Fair. And when you're not listening, come by and see your favorite hosts, maybe I'm one of those, in our studio located across from the Expo Center on the south side of the grounds. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Schrader Solutions. It's the Wisconsin State Fair on News Radio WTMJ. Our number 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let, let me put this in some perspective. Um, in the If you look at the Olympics, through I, the numbers I have are through Wednesday, Okay, today's Friday. So, and you compare them to the last Summer Olympics in in 2016. The the numbers, including all the different streaming things, all the different channels, 35 percent less viewers this year than they had a number of years ago. The last time, 35 percent. So, we're we're not talking about just just a couple of viewers. And I guess the question is is why 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's a couple of our texters before we go to the calls. Um, Jeff, I've only watched an hour at most of the Olympics. I haven't even watched track and field, which I usually like to watch. Part of it is I don't think the Olympics should have ever happened. Part of it is I guess I'm not really that that interested. And I think that there is, I, I think part of the problem that, that they've had with this Olympic Games is that there there's a lack of, of of breakout stars and there's a lack of star power and I mean look and I, I don't mean to I don't mean to take anything away from the wonderful Olympic athletes and, and all they they accomplish but I mean this year when you think about when you think about the the different athletes you, you have Simone Biles and and of course she had her various issues and dropped out of a lot of the different competitions you know I have no doubt that if she had been competing there would have been a lot of attention that would be played paid to her events and and you know she didn't. Um, I don't know that there's been that many other breakout stars that are there. And so I think it's in part it's going to be the lack of star power that, that's out there. I do think, and a number of people are making this point on the text line, and I, I think some of the politics of this did affect some of the people, you know, where you had 
uh, like in the Olympic trials, you had, for example, the, the, the one woman who decided that, you know, she wanted to make the political statement and turn her back on that. Those, that did not help. Now, I'm not saying that that caused a, a huge number of people to not watch the Olympics simply because they were turned off by the politics, but it ha- it caused some people to do it. That's the reality. And then you, you do have the, the time difference where, you know, it's 12 hours. So, you know, if you're used to watching in prime time, you, you pretty much know those results. And like I said, we got a couple texts from people who are saying, well, why don't you do spoiler alerts? Well, okay, it's a different age now, and that's, that's the best explanation I can give. As soon as something happens in real time, it's up all over the Internet. You really, unless you're going to, I don't know, commit yourself to living in a cave, you're not going to be able to not find out how something worked out. So it's just, so yeah, and it there's a thrill of watching live sports. That's one of the reasons why, you know, when it, you look at, at TV ratings, that you still get a lot of attention paid to live sports because, you know, most people, it's one of the few things that most people still watch in real time. I mean, you, I understand that there's people who will, you know, um, tape a Packers game, for example, and then watch it later, but that's rare. I mean, most people, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to wait six hours to find out did the Packers win or lose and how many touchdowns there and Rodgers throw. You don't want to wait five or six hours to find out, you know, did the Brewers win or not. You watch it in real time or else you pick up your smartphone and you say, hey, so-and-so, what's the score of the Brewers game or, or whatever. It's tough to expect people to wait 12 hours. Elvis in Milwaukee, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Elvis. Uh, love the show. Uh, Hi. Yes. Thanks. Hi, how you doing? Um, well, I'm, I'm well. Uh, okay, why are ratings down? Uh, I think it is, Jeff, because everybody's worried about this uh, COVID thing and this Delta uh, virus that, um, you know, so they're not really paying too much attention to the radio. And I mean, to the TV, um, that they're more worried about the news and what's going on in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, th- thanks for calling. Clearly, I mean, everything that's going on right now is, you know, is, is a distraction. Having, having said that, I, I guess I could argue the other point just as well. I think that we, after living through this pandemic or continuing to live in the pandemic, I think people are desperate for distractions. I mean, I, I don't know what the, the numbers are going to be at the Wisconsin State Fair, but there, there's a lot of people that are out there, including some very nice-looking folks who are watching the show right now. The, the, the numbers are just absolutely I, – I, I, think, I think there's a lot of people looking for distractions. There were a ton of people here yesterday. I think there will be a ton of people here today. You know, you, you look at what was going on in the Deer District during the NBA playoffs – uh, you, you look at attendance coming back at, at various events. See, I, I think I understand what you're saying, that people are just so focused on, you know, what's going on with the pandemic that maybe that's suppressing viewership. But I don't I, I think at the same time, I think it's something more than that, because I think there's a lot of people, like I say, who are who are just they're They were eager for distractions. Gosh, I can't wait till the football season comes back. I can't wait till the Brewers game is on. I can't wait till we can see this particular show. So I don't know that it's that I think it's a combination of all sorts of factors that go in. And, and I, I think this might be a one off. I don't think this is necessarily an indication that people aren't interested in the, in the Olympic Games in general. I think it's a lesson that maybe that people aren't as interested in this edition of the Olympic Games. Scott in South Milwaukee. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Um, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my phone call. Yeah, on this topic, yes, I mean, I've watched quite a bit of the Olympics this this year, and I think that NBC and their partners 
that they've done a good job coordinating with the Olympic Committee for events that are of particular interest to 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 to, to, um, to, to, um, to North America to put those events, mm-hmm. whatever, live and in prime time. I mean, they, they I mean they did it quite exclusively with the swimming. They've done it quite a bit. What they've done it quite a bit, like say with with the beach volleyball, with the with and um, with the track and field. I mean, I think that the reason why there might be a viewer a, a viewer a, a viewer drop is that when it comes to a lot of the marquee stars, where the, the marquee stars um, where the stuff has not been live, those marquee stars, especially because Carl Lewis made this point last night. A lot of those marquee stars have not have not performed, whatever. And also, I think a lot of the countries around the world, and are I mean, I think are 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 catching up to catch, catching up to the United States, whatever, mm-hmm. in terms of their performances. So you haven't seen a lot. You haven't seen a lot of world records broken, whatever, at, yeah. at these Olympic games. And I think that that's a, a big thing. That's there's not memorable yeah. performances, oh. whatever. They're drawing eyes. Yeah, and thanks for calling, Scott. I mean, that would that would kind of fit into that category of of a lack of star power. And and I and I, I mean, I hate to say that because I mean, I don't mean to depreciate the efforts of all the people who've trained all their life to be in the Olympics. But 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 yeah, I don't know that you're seeing any of those real breakout stars. That there's this huge buzz. And it, normally, it used to seem to be that after you know every Olympics, there was. There, there was one or two athletes, at least one, who are going to put them on the Wheaties box, and you know they're going to be you know household names. I, I don't know that you've seen anybody like that emerge, and you, you have had, again, when it comes to the U.S. athletes, there, there's been, I mean, some some high profile underperformance. Now you've had some great success. I, I I said I think I maybe watched a half hour in in all told. I, I watched about ten minutes last night of the the women's beach volleyball and you know and it was it was sort of interesting and you had the the one woman who was 39 years old and coming back from having a kid and it, it, it was just great to watch you know that that win and i i think that it probably happened a long time before i, I watched it but it was still it was kind of fun to watch and I, i'm not dissing the olympics per se but i'm just saying that you know nbc universal has taken a bath on this the um olympic organizers are taking a bath on this i don't think it means we're not interested in the olympics i think it might mean we're not interested in this Olympics, though. A couple more days, they can still turn it around. Okay, when we come back, after the news, we're going to have a very special guest. We're going to talk Wisconsin State Fair with the boss, Kathleen O'Leary. Stick around. The Wagner Show continues right after the news. Live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Kathleen O'Leary, the lady who is responsible for all this fun, is with us. Now look around, Kathleen. I think we have a particularly attractive crowd here, right? Oh, they're so happy. Look at that. There we go. Here, go ahead. They're on the radio now. There you go. Okay, so. That's it. Okay. We have, we, we, we have to do that because we we, 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 we don't want to we want to make sure that the people who are listening at home don't think that this is all like some sort of stage thing. We really are at the Wisconsin State Fair. So day two of the fair, how's it going? It's going great, thank you. Day one was wonderful. The weather could not have been 
more fantastic, if you will. Fantastic. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Opening ceremonies was wonderful. Actually, it was a ribbon cutting, introducing and showcasing our new Central Mall, which people are loving with the seating and the I, swings. You and- know, I, I was going to mention that to you that it is so much more spacious because I've had an opportunity to really kind of walk around most of the grounds over the last day and a half, and and I love what you've done with that Central Mall. It's opened up. It's opened up so much. It's really it's a very nice thing whoever thought of that and if that's you you deserve take take some extra money out of a petty cash there (laughs) (laughs) thank you it's just really trying to keep people moving and but having areas where you can still enjoy time together and this is a perfect area right in the heart of the park now one of the things kathleen and we've talked about this in advance there there are some differences the fair this year one of the most notable ones is the opening time has been pushed back from eight until 11 and so that's I mean, it, it's raised, I guess, some... I think people need to plan ahead would be the best way to, to say that. I would highly... I would absolutely agree. So when you had traffic coming in at 8 o'clock, like we normally did, at 8, 9, 10, it was steady. It just it kept going. And then at 11 o'clock, it would pick up. So now that we're opening at 11, yesterday was a difficult day. It was a challenging day to get everyone in. We also had Hunger Task Force Day. So the people that... The listeners that did come with come out yesterday, thank you, because they did right. very well and... Lots of peaches and pears were <laughs> donated, right. so that was awesome. Um, today, I mean, we're in a whole different place. It's a, it's much better. Again, we everyone has to work out the tweaks. It's been a, a two years, so oh, we're, well, yeah. we're working through it. Yeah, just I mean, that's I was explaining to you off. I mean, that was kind of my experience as well, because instead of people starting to come in at eight, now everybody arrives at the same time at eleven, and everybody wants to try to get in, and you know, you have to, as our traffic reporter Debbie Lazic says, you have to pack your patience, and it was kind of <laughs> like like some of those challenges but w- w- other than that it seems to me that the that, like the, the cashless stuff at the gates again it's something that people need to be aware of and, and be prepared for right we say no before you go so yeah. really look at the website wistatefair.com there, that's not only where you'll get all of your information on like what's happening on the day that you want to go but those type of things there's a big place in there just tips to things that you really really should know about the cashless at the gates and again we're easing into this cashless at the gates meaning you know bring your credit card but I can't say enough so you can still buy your tickets online right. ahead of time and just I encourage everyone to do that because what's going to happen then when you get to the gates you bypass all of that you bypass you don't have to wait in line right, right. to get the ticket and, and the same thing for parking if you're going to park on the grounds you can you can get your parking permit ahead of time so you've got it and so again you don't have to fool around pulling out your credit card and getting it processed exactly but we did we we did time everything and a cashless transaction for parking was 28 seconds Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Well. That's a fact for you for today. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Um, and again, to emphasize, uh, the, the park itself is not cashless. I mean, I was wandering around and I, they, they were, the, most of the vendors, matter of fact, I think all of the vendors were extremely happy to take my, my, my $20 bills when I was buying beers and things of the like. Oh, our vendors <laughs> love that green stuff. So by all means, it is just parking and just the admission gates. Perimeter, I would kind of say that. Perimeter cashless, because when you get into the park, all the commercial exhibitors and the food and beverage, um, excuse me, the food and beverage will all take your money. There, uh, and, and we we we've talked about this a couple times, including Cream Puff of Palooza, which I just always have the opportunity to see you at six ten in the morning, the <laughs> the day before the fair. But I mean, obviously, we, we're still dealing with pandemic issues, and out here. 
Uh, you rec- you follow the CDC recommendations, which are masks are recommended indoor, but they're not mandated for for anybody. So you don't have the you don't have the mask police walking up and down saying you need to be va- you need to have a mask or not. But but they're encouraging people to use their best judgment. And that's exactly it, Jeff. Um, in the buildings, it is just a recommendation according to CDC guidelines, and. Everyone needs to make their own decision, and, and it's for your best interest of what's happening in your life, what's happening in your family, all of those things. So we are not enforcing it. Um, we are just following the recommendation. Obviously, all of our buildings, especially our 200,000-square-foot exposition center with 30-foot ceilings, and we've you know increased and improved our air filtration, certainly all of our sanitization. Um, we have very large buildings, but, again, it's, it's up to the individuals. You know, one of the senses, though, I mean, I, I was here several hours after the show yesterday, and I was wandering around this morning as well. I'm going to stay a little bit because I love the State Fair and all the yeah. stuff to do. But um, it's there's a lot of space. That's the other thing. I mean, it, it's not like we have people crammed into really, really small areas. There's uh, I, I was here with my wife and two other couples, and we yesterday we we, we weren't. We didn't feel crowded. There were a lot of people on the grounds, but there's plenty of places you can go to sit down and spread out. So it's not like you're shoulder to shoulder with other people. You're really not. I mean, and especially yesterday was wonderful and even today. And the changes in Central Mall have have also improved just that way that people are flowing and the way that we've programmed our buildings. We have 200 acres here at Wisconsin State Fair Park. I mean, Spin City in and of itself is 14 acres. It's a very expansive footprint. And the way that... That, you know, people can just flow is, is you know, in that sense. To you said it perfectly. They're not shoulder to shoulder, but and you're all outdoors. So it's it's really it's wonderful. And to the people that just this isn't the year, that's okay too. I, you know, this is 170th Wisconsin State Fair. There's going to be more, and we'll see how everything pans out here. And if it isn't if it isn't this year, that's fine. If it is this year, we welcome you. We're doing our best to keep you safe in every respect. Your health safety as well as you know safe and policing safety that type of thing well you know and i i would also i i am and i'm not just saying this because you're sitting here because <laughs> you you know me over the years and there's been times when, I, when i've had criticisms i haven't mm-hmm. i haven't shied away from that i try but i i'm amazed at how clean the grounds are and what a great job people are doing whether it's the the restrooms or the grounds in general i mean that that is clear i, mean, I know that's always a priority at the state fair but this year in particular i think uh, for sure i mean safe clean and fun has been our motto Pre-pandemic, it will be our motto in this unprecedented time that we're in, and really forever. And we pride ourselves that this is a very clean, I mean, from a garbage standpoint, just that in and of itself, but the sanitization protocols are, uh, they're excellent. Okay, so what are some of the fun things people are talking about at the fair? Oh goodness, you know, I was, I, I have to say that yesterday was so much fun, I took a couple different friends down the giant slide and you know what it's just timeless it is just so much fun and you just have to do it it just takes you back it brings out the kid in you if you're a kid it's fun it's even more fun when you're a kid but when you're an adult it's a kid the Clydesdales are in the house um, the draft shows the hitches are tonight in the Coliseum at 7 o'clock if you have not seen oh, a hitch show I really cannot say enough I mean just the way that they navigate those the horses are just amazing and what 
it takes and the showmanship. Um, so it's the Coliseum is, is certainly electric tonight. On the main stage is Chris Young. He just dropped a CD. So a little uh, country, Sarah Evans will open for him. Um, but he just dropped a CD today. So that's really great. I watched the kid from Wisconsin yesterday. I love the, I love the kids from Wisconsin. It's one of my go-tos. And they're, they're, they perform during the course of the run of the fair. Tradition, it's absolute. There's the epitome of tradition. The kids from Wisconsin have entertained for over 50 years, and some of these kids have gone on to, you know, have all different types of careers in music. So um, they are very entertaining. I, I, when I was walking by, I just they stop you. They just stop you in the path. So they're at the Bank Five Nine Amphitheater. Right. They'll be there two times today. So you guys, Her- uh, Herman's Hermits are there next week, that, and that always draws a huge crowd. I was, I was telling Melissa earlier. Herman's. Herman's always does, but so do the mummies. Right, so tonight, the mummies tomorrow. are tonight and tomorrow. <laughs> and for the listeners that don't know what the mummies are, it is about, I don't know how many there are now, but be anywhere from 8 to, to 12 musicians that are literally mummies because they are nationally known or they play in bigger bands so they can't really be seen. So they dress up like mummies, but they are so incredibly talented. And then you're watching mummies per- <laughs> entertain per- us. Performing. Actually, my wife uh, was at the Sea Lion show last yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just They really Right, she just really loved it. Said it was absolutely great. They're great. They are so entertaining. Four shows a day. It's located on the south end of the park. Okay, Kathleen O'Leary. I know you have to run because you know you are not only running this thing, uh, but also kind of you're the media face of it. And I know I've, I've now made you late for a, a TV <laughs> yet, but I appreciate you spending some time with us radio people. And will you stop in next week sometime so we can chat? I absolutely will. And thank you to everyone that did come out yesterday. Hopefully, people are coming out over the course of the weekend, and we welcome you. And cannot wait to have a wonderful now ten rest of the days of Wisconsin State Fair. She's just as great in real life as she sounds on the radio. Kathleen O'Leary, the head of the Wisconsin State Fair, back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Well, as we told you earlier, the Wisconsin State Fair is here. WTMJ is your best chance to win tickets. Throughout the run of the fair, we'll be giving away State Fair tickets and Gruber swag. It's the Gruber Law Office's State Fair giveaways on Wisconsin's radio station. So here's the deal. Caller number 12, 855-616-1620. Caller number 12 gets a Gruber swag bag and two tickets to the State Fair, 855-616-1620. And by the way, if you don't win these, keep listening because we're going to have more more stuff to give away as uh, the State Fair rolls on. Caller number 12-855-616-1620. Well, you know, I think it's a, it's a great business move, but at the same time, it, it really it shows how you kind of throw tradition at the, to the wind. Here's the deal. Wrigley Field, and remember for the longest time, Wrigley Field in Chicago didn't have lights. It was just all day baseball games and things uh, of the like like that. And then finally they, they put in lights, and so they allowed some night games to be. And then you had Wrigleyville, which was developed, and it, it's you know, a lot of people would go in at the bars and the restaurants. Well, here's the latest thing. The Cubs have just gotten approval to put a sports book in at Wrigley Field. 
So um, what's going to happen is they've apparently got a partnership with DraftKings, which is you know one of one of the nation's big sports book things, and they're going to put a glass walled sports book on Addison Street and Sheffield Avenue at the southeast corner of Wrigley Fields. Field now it still needs to be approved by the city council, but. Um, the, the reality is this was a big step, and uh, the, the Cubs spokesperson said, by putting in a sports book at Wrigley Field, it's important to attractive, attracting more fans to, to the game. Now, let's think about this for a minute, and I've always thought that was interesting because if you have, of course, been at Miller Park when the Cubs come up here and, and play the Brewers, you know, you'd think that, I mean, gosh, you know, half of Chicago comes up to watch those games. Well, it's interesting to me that the Cubs feel that in order to keep attendance up, what they got to do is they have to put a sports book in at Wrigley Field. My suggestion would be... All right, now, if you want to put a sports book in, that's fine. But maybe maybe if you put a better baseball team on the field, you know, maybe that would go a long way to getting even more people wanting to go to the games. But if you travel down to Wrigley Field sometime, well, probably in the next year or so, don't be surprised if you see a giant sports book. Go figure. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are, of course, broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. The biggest stick in the state is your home for all things deep-fried and on a stick. Join us here on Wisconsin's radio station as we broadcast live every day from the Wisconsin State Fair. And when you're not listening, come by and see us in your our mobile studio. Actually, we say it's a mobile studio. It's really not mobile. I mean, you can't pick this up. and It's, it's mobile. It's pretty to the, stationary. Yeah, it's it's mobile to the extent that we're on the road. We're on the road, but, but, right, right. Yes, right. but the, 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 this one isn't going anywhere unless you get a Wizard of Oz tornado and well, it picks it up. it's right. interesting. The one at American Family Field is a mobile, mobile studio. studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to... I'm going to change that verbiage I'm, I'm, on I'm there. Gonna, <laughs> use my I'm gonna pull out my pen here and I'm going to cross this out at least on my copy hope Good I don't idea. Get, hope I don't get in trouble with the, the people that do this but so from now on I'm gonna read this I'm gonna say and when you're not listening come by and see your favorite hosts in our studio located across the street from the Expo Center on the south side of the grounds. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Schrader Solutions. It's the Wisconsin State Fair on News Radio WTMJ. Now, you know, Melissa, one of the other things about being at the State Fair, in addition to all, all the stuff about like, trying to figure out, you know, what topics we're going to do and what we're going to say, there, there's also the issue. I have friends coming by. Like, my, my friends, Joe, my dear friends, Joe and Janet, just stop by and yeah. we're going to. We're, we're going to grab a beer or something at, at 3 o'clock. And so I was trying to kind of coordinate that while we're trying to do all this other stuff. All these different balls in the air. And this radio thing kind of gets Well, the, the radio show's going on. You were at the door, and <laughs> your music was coming on. And I'm like, Jeff, <laughs> you got to get back in your seat. <laughs> no, it, no, no. But we're, we're going to, well, I see, uh, if, if people listen to this and they, they, see, they sense an enthusiasm for the Wisconsin State Fair, it's because I am genuinely enthusiastic yes. for it. There's a lot of stuff to do, a lot of fun things, and, and I I love being able to it's go exciting. out and, and we get to interact with our fans, which is one of the nicest things. I've been walking around a lot and people come up and they say they've been listening to me for a long time. It's, <laughs> it's nice to nice. finally see people's faces, too. We, oh, you know, yeah. sometimes you hear them on the radio when they call in, but without actually seeing them, they probably feel the same way about us, too. Obviously. Well, you know, back in <laughs> back in the day, this wall behind me at the State Fair, they used to have pictures of everybody. Oh, really? It was up there. I mean, it used to be there. Were, you know, there, there were pictures, and the people would would look at them, and they'd go, "Huh? Is that what? Is that what that guy really <laughs> looks know, like?" Right. And stuff. So now, now no pictures, but you can see us in person. When people meet you, do they say, "Oh, that that looks like your voice"? 
Um, I had I, I had a lady come up not that long ago and say, "You sound a lot fatter on the radio." <laughs> I, I had that. I had someone say that, and I, I thought. No, they said bigger. I was like, "What does bigger mean?" I, well, I, I just said thank you. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm, it's a thank you. I, I, I I'm going to take it and run with it. I'll, I'll take that fatter on the radio. Well, I, I don't know what the, what the image of that is, but uh, yeah, people say I recognize. Or I'll, that I'll voice. get this. Oh, I thought you were a blonde. I'm like, what? What makes you think that? <laughs> yeah, tall and blonde, but, I guess. Yeah. She's not a blonde. No, a- absolutely. <laughs> okay, when we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds for Wisconsin's afternoon news. Stick around.